Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Monday. Aaron Maloney is here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron? So the Cardinals want to talk to a pair of Bengals assistants about their head coaching vacancy. So shortly after word broke about their request to interview Cincinnati defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, Tom Pelissero of NFL Media reported that they have also requested an interview with offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. What do you guys think of these candidates and what do you think it means? Uh, I know Anarumo's name was being brought up a lot the last couple weeks, Wolf, as in why isn't anybody interviewing Lou Anarumo? I mean, that's that's how you started to hear his name. So I don't think it's a bad thing to interview them. And Cincinnati's defense, like you said earlier, impressive this season and good luck naming a player on that defense other than Joseph Asai today or Eli Apple. Yeah. Um, but I... I I don't know what this means for, like, Sean Payton or Brian Flores. Those were still the two names, or Dan Quinn, who's obviously not an option now, that I would have preferred. Yeah, first of all, let me just say, I I think Lou Anarumo has done an incredible job with the Cincinnati Bengals, to your point, in regard to maybe not having the most talented depth chart, but certainly getting the most out of the guys that have played out there. He did a great job against the Buffalo Bills, of course. And that high-powered offense, isn't that right, Josh Allen? And then to go out and play the way they did against Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I know the Chiefs were depleted at the wide receiver position, but Lou Anarumo and his boys went out and played very, very well. So, yeah, um, it is a surprise that he wasn't getting a little bit more action because, you know, the Bengals, for the most part, right in the middle of the pack, and a lot of defensive metrics. So he's done a really good job with the talent he's been given. And speaking of the Cardinals head coaching search, one of the candidates they interviewed last week, Sean Payton, gave more insight on the Fox pregame show as to when his future could be determined. You know what? They always say, be present right where you're at. And I like all the way, with us, I like hashtag all the way to the left next to you guys, and I really appreciate yeah. it. No, it's been a, a busy week, a great week. We've had a chance to visit with a lot of great owners, a, a lot of outstanding organizations. They're obviously looking for a reboot. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs. And I think there's more pressure on uh, everyone who's covering it. And and I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. Uh, I think, Coach, real quick, can I interrupt? I think in the next week we're going to know a lot more. Coach won't help in the next week, but the doors are not closed yet. No, 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 no. I think there's, yeah, there's a, a handful of things that, that still are taking place for these coaches and myself. So, and before I get to my question, Sean Payton was just on The Herd with Colin Cowherd, did 30 minutes on the show. Not one question about the coaching search and not one question <laughs> about really? what's next. It was all about this weekend's game. Nice. So my first wow. parter is how are you feeling about the Cards' chances to land Peyton now? Uh, I mean, I still think they have the best chance of any team at this point. Denver is the weird wild card. Like, I don't totally realize, I don't know if Denver realizes they need to hire a head coach. 
But um, I would still say less than 50%. Okay. Can I just ask you... Did you hear it, Mel? Did you hear? I yeah, it okay. was, I was listening um, to the entire thing. Did did Colin say anything about? Hey, listen, we're, we're nope. not going to ask you. That. He he didn't even acknowledge it. Nope. Oh man. So are you reading into it? Does that mean that something's imminent? That yes. maybe he's coming back to coach, and maybe he can't talk about it right now. Yeah. No, that is. But my, he could yesterday. That a little bit. I mean, because she just played the clip from yesterday. Yeah, I, I know. A lot can happen in twenty four hours, Luke. I, that's that's, that's what I'm a, saying. I'm that's, agreeing. With it's you ticking guys. right now, boy. That yeah. I, Although nothing that makes has me happened think, in three weeks. That makes me think something is imminent. What that something is, I don't know. Do you think that if his decision has already been made that he's going back to Fox, that he would talk about it? You know yeah, what I mean? I like, do. Now this he would is all answer questions about. and maybe, <laughs> I don't know, I'm just saying, like maybe he went into the herd well, and said, I don't want to be asked about it. Don't ask me but, about my coaching situation. Like the Godfather. Yeah, but but if, if, you were, if you knew you were going back to Fox. Then you talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you no. were just talking about it yesterday and you have been talking about it for two months. So for him to do a half, you said it was a half hour? Yeah. For him to be on for a half hour and not even talk about and it. Colin didn't even, he didn't even reference it. Nope. Come on, man. That is weird. Something's okay. up. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> it's imminent. Something's going on. The Suns have reportedly given the Bucks permission to meet with Jay Crowder ahead of the trade deadline. Here's Sham Sharania. I think we're finally at the 10-yard line of the Jay Crowder oh. saga. I'm told the Suns have given permission to the Bucks to meet one-on-one with Jay Crowder ahead of the trade deadline. I'm told this meeting took place over the weekend between Jay Crowder and the Bucks, and, and they've been seriously engaged in conversations. Uh, sources tell me that the Bucks' recent offer, most current offer, offer is Jordan Awara. Serge Ibaka, George Hill, uh, second-round draft compensations for Crowder. So we'll see between now and the trade deadline on February 9th, next Thursday. Can they? Can these two sides get a deal done one-on-one? Do they need to find a third team? That's really been the issue, the hold-up this whole time. So do you think a deal will go down this week? Do you think it's going to wait till next week? Because the one factor is Robert Sarver is still in control at this point. Well... I mean, again, there's a lot of speculation here, but I, I think the the trade we just heard right there from Shams is probably close to, if not that exact trade you've been talking about, Wolf, of the Suns probably have something on the table. James Jones knows, worst case, I can go to this. Yeah. But he's trying to get something better, and he probably is trying to get a third team involved to get K.J. Martin or whoever. Uh, because, you know, Jordan Nawara, Serge Ibaka, George Hill, and a second-round consideration, I think is the way he worded yeah. it. That, I don't know that that really, like, moves the needle. Like, oh, here we go. But it also isn't nothing. So, <laughs> so Which is so much better yeah. than Well, it's a good nothing. baseline to be working from if that's a real offer that's out there. Yeah. Um, for me right now, this tells me that it's super close. Like, it's not going to come down to the trade deadline. It's going to come down to the next hour or two. Or maybe the next day or two. It's really, really close. Now, you, you've got permission to go ahead and meet with Jay Crowder. And now, Jay Crowder, you've already met with Jay Crowder over the weekend? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's a positive sign, the Jay Crowder deal. 
Maybe we're inside the five now. Not just the ten, but inside the five. Well, it sounds like... First what, and goal on the two. What? Uh, yeah, first and goal on the two. Please don't go into shotgun. It feels like you, at this point, are just looking for that third team. <laughs> you all right over there, <laughs> I got me right there. That was good, Luke. And then really quickly, guys, Super Bowl 57 is set. It'll be the Eagles and the Chiefs going head-to-head at State Farm Stadium on February 12th. Following the Eagles, 31-7 win over the 49ers and the Chiefs, 23-20 win over the Bengals. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who is your Super Bowl pick now that the matchup is set? Wow, you already have to make the pick no. two weeks ahead of the game? The dust has not even settled yet. Um, I, I reserve the right to change this over the next two weeks before the game, but my early leaning is towards Philadelphia. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't I'm think going we were... with the Eagles right now, which is a bad sign for them. Because I've questioned the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts all season long. And um, now all of a sudden I'm coming on board. <laughs> this is if the you're best. an Eagles fan, you may want to run. As far as a quarterback matchup, the two MVP candidates, remember that question last week of, of which quarterback matchup do you want? And we both, I think, said this or a version of this. And Rick was like, I want to see Carson Wentz versus Taylor Heineke or something. But this is the best quarterback matchup. 64% say Eagles, 36% say Chiefs. How about that? Wow. wow. Okay. I mean, we saw this past week, and I thought the Bengals would win this past week, partially because I thought Mahomes was hurt. Um, we saw this past week how well you usually do pick it against the Chiefs, but uh, there's something about this Eagles team. There has been from day one. That was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. When we come back, the Cardinals head coaching search continues with two new candidates. So what's next, and what does that Sean Payton stuff from last hour mean? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 Well, in case you are just... Joining us, just tuning in, just kind of checking in on the world of the Arizona Cardinals, the NFL today after championship weekend yesterday. There are a couple names being added to the Cardinals list of uh, of potential coaching candidates now. There was uh, Peter Schrager this morning saying the Cardinals have requested to interview Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumu for their vacant head coaching job. And then you had Tom Pelissero add to that. They're also looking at the Bengals' offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, for their head coaching job. Now, read into it what you will. Maybe these are guys they were waiting for, and now they can talk to them. Maybe this is just uh, leverage against the Saints. Okay, If you're going to sit there and demand we give you a first and a second or two firsts, you can just get nothing, and we'll go ahead and interview other coaches. Uh, or maybe this is just Michael Bidwell saying, I'm going to cast a wide net, and he has done that. I, I wonder... I don't read a whole there lot. There is no downside. There isn't unless you are looking at a guy like Brian Flores and somebody else hires him, but he doesn't have other head coaching interviews. Yeah. So right now, there is no downside, I think, to actually tossing that net out far and wide and continuing to do this. Because I'm sure at some point in time, and I don't know this to be the case, but I'm sure the Arizona Cardinals would like the New Orleans Saints to know, hey, our offer that we've given you is a good offer for Sean Payton. It's a good If they're at that point where they love the interview they had with Sean Payton, that took, what, eight hours, according to some people. And I've heard it's, it went well. 
So now... Eight hours, it better go well. That'd be exhausting. Exactly, right? Can you imagine how brutal that would be? Sean, we don't really like you. Can you stick around for another seven and a half hours? We'll so, get lunch. So now this week, is it, is it about the negotiations, about the compensation? I tell you, if it's just about compensation to the Saints, I think it gets done. That, to me, has always been the smallest hurdle. I, I understand it is a real hurdle, but it doesn't feel like the Saints have a bidding war that they can be like, well, Denver's offering us this, and the Panthers are offering us this, and Houston's offering this. Although it is different for each team because of the draft capital that yeah. they have. But, like, the Panthers already have a coach now. It sounds like Houston's going to hire D'Amico Ryans, like, today or tomorrow. So the leverage Denver is, is, is drawing. what I'm talking De- about. Denver's the one, yeah. Uh, but Denver's first-round pick is... I think we know what it is now, right? It, it's San Francisco's pick, so it's either 30 or 29. So if I'm the Cardinals and I'm saying, okay, if Denver's offering you their first-round pick, which is 30 or 29 because yeah. they traded their actual one away, right? we can offer you our second-round pick, which is 34. Yeah, it's but that's four not, spots. That's not as good as 29 or yeah, 30. But 34 and a third-round <laughs> okay. pick or 34 and a second, another second. I mean, there's. I understand your math. Well, yes, of course. Thank you for that. Thank you. But One's a first-round pick, the other is not. Yeah. And they've been talking about it. This has been rumored as well. A couple of picks, but not only that, it's been rumored that they want a mid-to-late first-round pick, and that's where they would be. Well, then you can have maybe the first-round pick next year. But now here's the wrinkle on that. If I'm the Cardinals, because I'm not giving up number three, obviously, and I, I doubt that New Orleans is even asking for it. If you're telling me I get Sean Payton, and you're telling me that meeting went well, and you're telling me Sean Payton talked to Kyler Murray, we don't know this, but it also went well, and you're like, okay, here we go. Then, then he is worth probably a mid-to-late first-round pick. And so my thought would be you get Sean Payton in here. Okay, you can have next year's first-round pick. It's not going to be number three, right? Okay, but we want to. See, that's not going to do. And we're not okay with that. Well, then here, you, okay. can, you can just have nothing <laughs> okay. and you can go back to TV. You can have nothing, exactly. See, and that's what I'm wondering. Is this, you know, just once again doing their due diligence? There is no harm in interviewing these guys, these coordinators from the Bengals. There's no harm in doing it. Why wouldn't you? Of course, cast the net far and wide. Indeed, you want to talk to these guys, and you want to go ahead and send a message to the New Orleans Saints that, you know, we're not playing. We're not playing on this, okay? This is our offer for your compensation for John Baden. You take it or leave it, because as you can see, we're moving on. We've got plan B. Trying to think if there's somebody on the Saints coaching staff. Don't you think staff. for one minute that it's either Peyton or bust for us? And if you don't believe it, watch this. Okay, so I'm just saying, leverage, it does, it, it would give you some leverage. I don't feel like the Saints have the leverage that they think they have at this point if it's playing out the way that it kind of sounds to. They're it sounds bluffing. Like it is. I mean, this it is a poker game. Yeah, they have like 10-6 offsuit, and they're acting like they have pocket aces over there or something. Um, But here's the wrinkle, though. If if you're the Cardinals, that first-round pick a year from now might still be kind of high, because you don't know what's up with Kyler Murray. Here's Ian Rappaport yesterday. Searches, specifically the Arizona Cardinals, really one of the biggest questions for the Cardinals, besides who actually is going to be their coach, is when is Kyler Murray going to be ready? And this topic for sure has come up during these interviews as Murray recovers from an ACL injury and a torn meniscus. My understanding is he is going to take his time and make sure this thing is 100% right. He is young, he's got a long career, he's not going to rush, so do not be surprised if we don't see him to start the season or maybe even by the midway point this injury has to heal Perfectly. All right. Hmm. Well, maybe not by the midway point suddenly means that first round pick next year could be like <laughs> eight, nine, seven, six. I, I, you know, 
it all hinges on what you do at quarterback at right. the start of next year. If, okay, let's, let's say you hired. We were talking. We were talking earlier. Why yeah. did you? Who released that information? Well, and that that who, sounds who better than that? than the tweet. I showed you the tweet. I'm going to read it right here. So that was Ian Rappaport. Okay. Yeah, and Ian. That, and that sounded, you know, fairly fine. But uh, this is from uh, Bleacher Report yesterday. Kyler Murray is likely to make a return midseason per Ian Rappaport. Murray wants to take his time recovering from the injury. That sounds a lot worse. That sounds like I'm getting paid either way. You know, maybe just kind of ease into this next year. I'll see you around week 11. When when I hear the Ian Rappaport audio, it doesn't sound as bad. Yes. Yes, it doesn't. But I'm thinking of that right now. Is that not like selling... Um, the New Orleans Saints that this pick next year is going to be a lot higher than you might think. <laughs> right? Kyler might retire. Kyler's talking about walking out of here, man. He might not be back till December. He might be buying a one-way <laughs> ticket to Thailand right now. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, where, where is Ian getting that information? Yeah, well, that's the question. That's the, that's the that question. is all. you got to consider the source, man. The PR game is alive and well in all of these deals. You have to know that, Basinonians. It is. And that right there makes me think, okay, you know, Kyler's he's stretching, he's yawning, he might be doing full body rehab on Kyler. Seriously, he might just wait till Thanksgiving. Um, (laughs) It's a great point because how does. Anybody know right now on January 30th that it's going to take to week nine for Kyler Murray next year? There listen, is no way to know that. Listen, you might get a top 10 pick because Kyler might not come back what if till it's December. Number one, what if it's the first pick in the draft? Are you going to pass on that, New Orleans? Especially when you have no other real that offers? 2024 pick, man. You this, kidding me? This wasn't even supposed to be a Sean Payton conversation, but that's 100% where it ended up going. That's No, I could totally see. You have to, man. you got to consider the source. Where, where did Ian Rappaport get this information from, my brothers? Who benefits well, he didn't get from, it from, the, Kyler Murray from that story? Or the Kyler Murray camp, because that Always makes it sound like he's lazy. That. Who benefits from that story? Who gets hurt? By that story, and who benefits? Kyler gets hurt by that. That the initial, the tweet, not and it wasn't a tweet by Ian Rappaport, but the tweet I just read you, where it was like Kyler wants to take his time with this one. <laughs> okay, well, it's the NFL. This is not like an all inclusive <laughs> resort. So I'm, I guarantee you, Kyler you Murray didn't put that Kyler out there. Murray out no, there? I don't think he's the one putting that out there, okay. especially not with that sort of language. Uh, I want to bring up this name though. Brian Flores is. Is the ship sailing on that one? It's been a couple weeks. It's very interesting to me, but you know what? They haven't asked for a second interview, and I, I honestly, I wonder about this in terms of the Sean Payton. It's it's so hard to talk about any other coach until you you drag it through the prism of Sean Payton and whether or not he is a viable option. Well, that's the question. You have to. If they really like Sean Payton, and I have to think there was some mutual interest, otherwise he would just be back on TV like and saying he's going back to TV. Um, if they really like Sean Payton, is Brian Flores the backup plan? Is Vance Joseph the backup plan? You don't really want yes. to be the backup plan. Right. But at the same time, if Sean Payton falls through... And you get the You'll head coaching job. Yeah, you have a chance to show what you could actually do instead of just exactly being a backup right. plan. Right, right. Yeah. That's a real possibility right now. I don't know. 
Um, it's going to be very interesting, but I do believe that, again, Sean Payton is going to be the anvil in which all of this coaching search is going to be shaped upon. Doesn't mean he's going to be the next head coach, but I think he'll be the anvil in which every other coach is compared to. No matter what, they're going to have talked to so many of these guys that in a couple of years we're going to be like, oh, this guy's a really good coach. The Cardinals talked to him in, 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 uh, in 2023 because they're talking to like every coordinator in the league, which, again, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this response from the 602, why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting an interview for head coaching jobs? Has been the OC for Kansas City and has worked with Mahomes. Uh, that's a great question. And it's a question nobody seems to answer for like the last three years. I don't know. I mean, right now I can answer because he's getting ready for the Super Bowl, but it's weird. It matters how you interview, I would imagine. Yeah, I guess. Did he? I mean, how uh, bad was his hey, interview? Did he like throw you something don't know at the interview? Unless you're sitting in that room, Your interviewer. Uh, all right, Super Bowl Fifty Seven is. I mean, he might win another Super Bowl, so I don't think he's too upset. Super Bowl Fifty Seven is set. So, what are the biggest storylines as we head into the big game? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, the Super Bowl matchup is officially set. I'm already starting to see the ads on these TVs here. Wolf, it's the obligatory, okay, Super Bowl 57 with a picture of the desert and, like, um, a rock sticking out of the desert and a couple saguaros. Yes. So, yes. Get ready. Get ready for Eagles fans and Chiefs fans to descend upon the valley. I would say Chiefs fans may be a little bit tougher to pick out. Eagles fans um, are their own breed. L-V-I-I, Super Bowl L-V-I-I. Do we only have Roman numerals at this point just for the Super Bowls? I think so. Yeah, I mean. I think that's it, right? Is that why the ancient Romans invented them? Yeah. (laughs) Just for the Super Bowls? Yes. uh, By the way, history is disputed on that in regard to who actually invented Roman numerals. Interesting enough, but I digress. Just a little bit. Let's not get into the history of Roman numerals. LVII, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl 57. Do you like the matchup in Super Bowl 57? Uh, I do. I, I didn't think they could really go wrong. Once they got to these final four teams. Now, if San Francisco is as cool of a story as that would have been, like, what would have happened if San Francisco somehow won that game (laughs) with no quarterback and, like, Purdy's done for the year and Josh Johnson can't come back? Do you just sign a quarterback to start for you in the Super Bowl? That's what it would have been, right? Yes. It would have been, hey, probably a McCown. Do you want to go start in the Super Bowl? I mean, well, I would like to say that Josh Johnson, of course, would have been the guy. But I'm saying if, if he was also hurt oh, like, okay. in such a way where he couldn't come back in two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been, we, we're in the market for a quarterback, uh, and we're in the Super Bowl in 13 days. Yeah. So that wouldn't have been a great match. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How crazy would that be? I didn't even think about that, Luke, for the most part, because the Eagles handled it, didn't they? They went out and they took care of business. Did the job. And, you know, I listen, I, I feel bad for the 49ers. I do, because how in the world are you supposed to play your fourth string quarterback? And, okay, he can't finish the game. And then your third string quarterback, who can't throw the ball, comes back into the game. 
Uh, you know, it, it. what a mess. Well, like, what happens to Brock Purdy now going forward with that injury? If he's, like, injured, injured, and he's got a rehab all off season, it's not just, like, a couple weeks or something, and it doesn't seem to be a ton of clarity on this, or if he's injured at the start of next year, like, who's who's San Francisco's quarterback next year? I, I think it's going to be Brock Purdy, of course, minus the injury. Okay. And I think he's going to be okay. I think he'll recover from that. We'll see how that goes. But I do know this right here, that I think the 49ers have seen enough of Brock Purdy to know they can win with him. Now, the thing that really stinks, can they win the whole thing? This game was going to be the one I thought that would tell them that. Has the a quarterback championship. Ever, ever started a championship game, completed every pass, and lost? Because he did go four for four. <laughs> what was his quarterback rating? 90.6, not yeah, bad. 90.6, yeah. not bad at didn't all. throw right for a ton now. of yardage. What are the storylines, Super Bowl 57? What are they? I can tell you... Two jump to mind, and I'm sure there's plenty of other ones. One I'm already sick of, or I'm, I, I can already tell I'm going to be sick <laughs> Wait of. Wait a minute, you're already sick of, and it hasn't even started yet. I'm going to be sick of it, oh, okay? Yeah. how many? T- we, should, we should have a counter for this. How many times are we going to hear, hey, did you know Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey are the first brothers to ever play there against each go. other in the Super Bowl? There you go. Like, it is cool right now, yeah. good for them, that's awesome, and, uh, and, and not so good for the mayor of Cincinnati, according yeah. to Travis Kelsey. Right. But in 10 days, I'm going to be really sick of hearing that they're the first two brothers to ever play against each other in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, you know what is really cool, too, Basinonians? The fact that my brother Craig and I, we got to be the first brothers ever to broadcast against each other in the Super Bowl. Really? How about that? Yeah. I don't think I do that. Yeah, Super Bowl 43. Well, I mean, I remember the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. How about that? Yeah, interesting. <laughs> that is right? kind of cool. Anyways, um, yeah, that storyline is out there. The Kelseys, of course. Um, how about this? Andy Reid going oh, against his old one. team. I'm going to start writing these down so we just have them. Does that does that catch you right there, Basinonians? The fact that Andy Reid, of course, all those years, he was up there in Philadelphia. And all those years, he had really, really good teams in Philadelphia. Isn't that right, Donovan McNabb? <laughs> a lot of good seasons up there, and yet he couldn't get it done. Um, that storyline is coming. You better believe that. That is a good one. Uh, How about this? Um, the Chiefs throw and the Eagles run. Yeah, that's, I that's like more that of an actual much. like matchup. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that an awful lot from the schematic level. I like that as an analyst. I, the Chiefs really throw the ball ad nauseum and do it very, very well. It's not that they can't run the ball, but they throw it. We know what Pat Mahomes. Is that really going to be the case going forward? I would also... Especially against that defense? That, that's the thing. I would also mix in, okay, it's not just the Chiefs throw and the Eagles like to run. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Hassan Reddick in that defense. And that defense has been really good. And I think that defense, at least for me, is why ultimately, like last week, you went... Did you go Chiefs... Niners last week, and I went Eagles. Yes. We each got half of it right, basically. Yes. What pushed me over the top with the Eagles was, oh, they have a good defense, too. Um, so Mahomes versus that defense. I'll throw another one in there. And then- The Chiefs are going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to run the ball against the they Eagles. They did not run they all yesterday. No. They didn't even try. No, no. I, I was stunned by that. But the Chiefs have got to run the ball against the Eagles. That's going to be a huge story going forward. The fact that the Chiefs... Love to throw the ball, but man, what's that wide receiver room look like? That's the thing you've got to ask yourself as well. We've skipped over like the biggest storyline, though. Which is? Mahomes versus Hurts. Those are your two MVP finalists this season. 
So you have. I, I like the Chiefs have Travis and the Eagles have Jason. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Seriously, you like that better so, than Mahomes well, versus Hurts? You know, I, I honestly, um, yeah. How often do we get the top two MVP candidates? I know it's happened before, but how often do we get those two squaring off in the Super Bowl? Yeah, two completely different offenses for the most yeah. part. When you say it's like the Cardinals-ish offense for the Eagles. And Andy Reid's offense for the Chiefs. Yeah, very interesting right there. Yeah, you're you're probably right. There's going to be a lot of people out there. Well, Kurt Warner, see, like Kurt. Kurt would love, oh, my goodness, two MVP quarterbacks. It's all about the quarterback. It's the two it's favorites. kind of like ball bearings, isn't it, Kurt? <laughs> I mean, get Kurt on, yes. Yeah, so he'll probably talk about the quarterback. It's all about the ball bearings. The quarterback, of course. I guarantee uh, you three days the into quarterback next club. week. But yeah, the quarterback club's going to yeah. love this. Luke, it's not just the quarterback club. It's, it, it's the two MVP favorites right I, now. I could care. If the two MVP favorites were Derrick Henry and I don't even know who else would be. Uh, Devontae Smith, let's say, just because he's on the TV right now. The MVP thing, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. <laughs> Most valuable player, except Wolf doesn't well, care. That's the full I'm name of the award. I'm just saying, how many times is it the quarterback? Well, it is skewed toward, towards the quarterback. It is, I will give you that. Exactly. So, again, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about that storyline right there. How about but this then? Andy Reid against his old team and the fact that he could win another Super Bowl with the Chiefs over the Eagles. That would be. In which he couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about the the fact that Jalen Hurts is is still a little bit of an unknown compared to Patrick Mahomes? You know what I mean? Not an unknown. Like I don't think anybody looks at Jalen Hurts and like, oh, he can't get it done in a big game because right. he just did. But what if this Super Bowl really comes down to okay, Mahomes is two weeks healthier than he was against Cincinnati, and he's just slinging it. And this is Mahomes looking around saying, I still only have one Super Bowl, and this is stupid. I'm getting my second one right now. And Jalen Hurts is slinging it right back, and they're just going back and forth. That We don't know if Jalen Hurts can do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. I kind of think he can. I think a lot of people would, would lean towards he can, but we haven't seen that yet. No offense, Jalen, but slinging it against no quarterback on the other side of the field yesterday doesn't answer that question. You know what I love, too? We had Dave Pash on, and he was talking about that very thing, right, with Jalen Hurts. Uh-huh. And the fact that Jalen Hurts, when he went to Oklahoma from Alabama, right, he went there and he was <laughs> talking about Alabama, and he was citing it, and he was talking about the accountability of that. See that's that is really really cool because it does it does take a village so to speak to make a franchise quarterback and there's a lot of people pouring into you and it looks like a little Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide poured into Jalen Hurts just a bit. You believe Nick Saban benched Jalen Hurts in a national championship game for Tua? Now looking back, and it worked. That's, that's Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify. I forgot about that. <laughs> the guys, and that seriously took me, yeah. The guy might win MVP and Super Bowl MVP. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we call that straddling a dump truck. <laughs> Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text Super to 620-620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame, and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, the Super Bowl Experience. That's Super to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. 
All right, we come back. Are we finally at the end of this Jay Crowder saga with the Phoenix Suns? It seems like we're getting close. I would say at most it's a week and a half away. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if I'm facing the ultimate dilemma here during this next break, okay? So, I value your input on this. Okay. It's not the fact that I just broke this chair. Cold pizza or microwaved pizza? <laughs> Microwave. Really? Without a... Oh, my goodness. Cold. To it. It yeah. cold. It's got to be cold, right? Because microwave pizza's nasty. I, oh, my goodness. I, the, the coagulated cheese... You don't think I don't that's like nasty? Yeah, I do. That is nasty. So I'm debating just not even Cold, the coagulate. Oh, my goodness. You can actually see. Here's the problem. When you go ahead and you actually serve pizza cold, go ahead and look at the pepperoni. You can see the grease that is forms that forms on the pepperoni. You're not The wrong. grease on the edges. It's, oh, please. Look, I'm not a huge it's like earwax on a pizza. Oh, all right. Knock <laughs> it off. I really enjoy eating this pizza, and it's good pizza, too. You're not wrong with anything you just said. The Warrior Queen loves cold pizza. I See, I don't love cold pizza, but microwave pizza is no better. The grease is still there. The cheese is still coagulated, <laughs> and it's wet. It tastes so much better I when it's wet. I got two pieces. Wet. Should I run a taste it's, test? Um, listen, uh, grease is not supposed to be consumed in in solid form, ladies and gentlemen. It's got to have liquid grease. It's supposed to be greasy. All right. Which is, of course, liquid. I have. Do I just do that? I've got two pieces. Do I put one through the microwave and one cold? What a great name of a band. Liquid Grease. (laughs) I'm not really getting the answers I was looking for here. Maloney, do I go cold and microwave and just be unhappy both ways and run the ultimate taste test? I would just go cold. She, She makes a better case. She didn't See, talk about I, eating I, I earwax. I, <laughs> I just, I, every time I, I, you know, um, my daughter, Savannah Shea, of course, she also likes cold pizza. And um, I, I can't understand. I can't watch Savannah or the Warrior Queen, the beautiful Miss Stephanie. I can't watch them consume cold pizza yeah. because it drives me nuts. But you're looking Stick at me. it in the microwave for 25 seconds. Can I put it in the toaster? There's a toaster in there. Is that going to cause problems? No, you know what's even better? Huh. You throw it into a pan. Well, I don't have that option. With a little olive oil. There's no option. <laughs> Throw it in there. And we don't have a pizza oven at the station. I'm sorry. It up a little bit. All right. I I think I'm going cold because I would rather put it through the dishwasher that's in there than put it through the microwave. Okay. Microwave pizza is nasty. Yeah. All right. Let's get to uh, Jay Crowder here and kind of an update. I mean, it is an update. It's not an actual done deal or anything, but this is uh, Sham Sharania from FanDuel TV today. I think we're finally at the 10-yard line of the Jay Crowder oh. saga. I'm told the Suns have given permission to the Bucks to meet one-on-one with Jay Crowder ahead of the trade deadline. I'm told this meeting took place over the weekend between Jay Crowder and the Bucks, and, and they've been seriously engaged in conversations. Uh, sources tell me that the Bucks' recent offer, most current offer offer is Jordan Awara 
Serge Ibaka, George Hill, uh, second-round draft compensations for Crowder. So we'll see between now and the trade deadline on February 9th, next Thursday. Can they? Can these two sides get a deal done one-on-one? Do they need to find a third team? That's really been the issue, the holdup this whole time is the, the Suns have wanted a 3-4 back in, the, in, in return for any trade. They have not been able to find it. They've tried to get Jalen McDaniels, K.J. Martin, on and on. They just have not been able to get that package with the, whatever the Bucks have to offer. The Heat and Hawks, they remain in play. But the fact that the Bucks are the only team that have gone this far, you know, it gives some credence that I think Milwaukee is in pole position to get him. All right, it makes sense for Milwaukee, right? They, it, it has been no secret all along that they have wanted Jay Crowder. Um, those pieces that they would be giving up, if you look at the Bucks roster, are not really pieces they're using. So if you're the Bucks, you kind of put it together a deal and you're like, okay, Take this, Phoenix. It's better than than getting nothing for Jay Crowder. You know, for the purposes of the trade conversation, Jay Crowder is going to be viewed as a rental anyway because it's you know at the end of his deal. And so, if you're Milwaukee, you're giving up in that scenario. You're giving up Serge Ibaka, who has barely played this year, 16 games. You're giving up George Hill, who's what did you say? He's 36, 37. Yeah, he's 36. Uh, so he's he's gotten into 34 <laughs> games. He's not really an impact guy. Of course, you would know that somehow. And then uh, Jordan Noara, who is the most intriguing of the three, but you could see why Milwaukee would love to make that trade. And if you're the Suns, at least you do have something out there as your fallback plan. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that Jay Crowder, there's some resolution that is on the horizon right now. Does that not fill you with um, some anticipation, of course, and some relief that this is maybe on its last leg? I like the way he put it. Inside the 10-yard line. Hopefully today it's inside the five. It'd be nice. First and goal at the two. Here we go. I would love that somehow, some way. I think it's going to be, it's going to be good for the locker room. When you listen to some of the guys that played with Jay Crowder, some of the guys that love Jay Crowder, and some of the things they've said about Jay Crowder and the impact that he had on that locker room, I think getting some type of resolution, getting some type of closure, if you will, on this deal is going to be beneficial to the Suns going forward. And I don't think there's a question about that. Do you think we ever get an answer as to what started all this? Oh, yeah. Because I think once Jay Crowder gets traded, we get an answer. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it's going to be as simple as him like tweeting out, this is exactly what happened. But I, I have to think somewhere along the way there was a conversation between the Suns and Jay Crowder if we both want the same thing. If you're out there trashing us, it's going to be harder to trade you, or vice versa. Yes. If we're if we're out here trashing you, it's going to be harder to trade you. Um, so he's tweeting out cryptic emojis, but that's basically all he's really done for the last four months. Luke, there there are there is a human being right now that knows exactly what happened. He's got the story, and he's just waiting. Well, it's either Jay Crowder or Monty Williams. They I'm both. not saying it's that. Oh, I'm saying there's no, a then it's Chris Haynes. There's a, it's probably Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes. Yeah. Exactly. There is somebody out there that has the goods on this story and is just waiting till some type of deal comes down, and Jay Crowder gives him the go-ahead. That's what I think. All right, so should, I'm trying to find Chris Haynes on Twitter. We can just be like, hey, can you just tell Listen, us if, what happened? If, if Jay Crowder... I, I, Jay Crowder makes it sound like he was wronged, does he not? He does, but then, but 
in that same quote that you're referencing, he was like, my teammates understand why I have to do this. Uh, oh, so this yeah, yeah, they're right. not letting me play because I don't want to play. Well, they, they run me first. They, they, they were the one, right? And, and, and it's all not of a sudden, money. I had to make it's not a not money related. Right. Yeah, so what, what is going on? So um, at some point in time, that's going to come down. I think the locker room needs some closure on this situation. I've 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 said it many many times. It's addition through subtraction. Can I tell you this? I truly do. Now that we're a couple of weeks away from that that January nineteenth game, I I do think they have turned a corner, and, and there may be more cor- corners to turn. I mean, obviously, or checkpoints on the way once you trade Jay Crowder, if you potentially make a bigger trade for for somebody else too, where you're actually yeah. bringing in a big piece, a Devin Booker coming back, which seems like it's imminent, like within the next I don't know game or two, maybe. Sure, sure seems like it. There's other checkpoints and, and, and you know moments where you're going to turn the corner along the way, but assuming guys stay healthy, I think this team is it's all uphill now. It's it's all it's it's you're going to move up the standings. You're going to probably finish fourth or fifth in the West, and you're going to be a dangerous team in the yeah. playoffs. I, I think you're you are on your way to getting back to where you were. I, I am a huge believer. Anybody that has listened to me over the last 15, 20 years, you know the way I feel about this. But I'm a huge believer in eliminating distractions, just like Bill Belichick. Huge believer in that. And nobody can convince me that the Jay Crowder story, the Jay Crowder situation, has not been a huge distraction, especially inside that locker room where guys sit down and have lunch and break bread together and say, hey, have you heard, talked to Jay lately? Have you heard anything from Jay? Oh, yeah, you know, I just talked to him the other day. And it's, it's, if he's as popular as guys like CP3 and Mikel Bridges made him sound inside that locker room, that's a big deal. If he's popular with Chris Paul and Mikel Bridges, he is popular with the guys in that locker room. It might not be 100%. It sounds like it is 100% according to just the way guys talk about him and the way Jay Crowder says his teammates talk about him. But either way, if those two guys miss him, yeah, I think you're completely right, especially when the team was was losing every night and nobody was playing. And then it was like, this is egregious. We don't even barely have enough players. There was a couple games where it was like, can the Suns even field a roster? Oh, we're paying Jay Crowder to not play, by the way. Like that was, <laughs> it was absurd. Like it's like you're getting kicked out of your house and you go out and buy a painting. You're like, well, where are you going to hang this? I don't know, on the hood of my car or something. All right. Uh, we'll, out a tree. When we, <laughs> when we come back, Sean Payton gave a little more insights as to what his uh, future holds and when we may find some answers. So what does it mean for the Cardinals? We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.